probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism. 75%. If intruder organism reaches civilized areas, entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact. Welcome back to the Thing Minute Podcast, where we discuss John Carpenter's 1982 science fiction horror masterpiece, The Thing, one minute at a time. I'm Harper W. Harris from HarperWHarris.com, and joining me again today is... Uh, Mike Cummins from the Tarantino Minute Podcast and TooOldMedia.com. Awesome. And uh, tell me about what, what are some of the other shows on, uh, on Too Old Media that people should uh, check out? So we got uh, my other podcast, which I started a long time ago, called Stellar Dynamics, which is the encyclopedic compendium of all things Rush, the band. Um, awesome. Tom Sawyer <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Um, we're on Spotify as well with that one. And then, uh, let's see, we got DC cinematic minute where Mark and Nate go minute by minute through all the DC movies. Mm -hmm. Like I think they're on Batman versus Superman right now. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, my girlfriend and Mark's girlfriend have Austin powers minute where they go minute by minute through Austin powers. We have too many minute by minute podcasts. (laughs) There's never too many. Oh no, there's too many. (laughs) (laughs) I have to deal with too many of them. (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's funny. I was, um, yeah, this this whole movies by minutes community is such a weird kind of uh, intermingling thing where it's it's funny just just hearing you say those out loud. I was like, wow, I, I realized I was uh, my 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 minutes of uh, Batman versus Superman were were out a, about a month ago or so, and I, I just recorded some minutes for Austin Powers minutes. Oh yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's all, all just that. yeah, so it's all you know. It, it's funny. I did not expect that to happen when I started this podcast. I was like, oh, I'll probably just do this thing, and nobody will listen to it. You know, whatever. It'll be fun. I'll enjoy it because I love this movie. And now it's you know, it's it's interesting. It's a it's a it's a fun community to be a part of for sure. <laughs> Definitely. I wish that Tarantino minute got more into it, but like. I don't know. It's it's me, Mark and Nate. And we just kind of, you know, Tarantino deserves like every he's my favorite director. And I think he's one of the best. But I don't think it needs he really speaks for himself a lot of the time. So it's just kind of like, you know, silly conversation about Tarantino isms and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's certainly a lot to dig into on those movies, though. I um, yeah, I mean, just between, you know, I I think one of the fun things probably about doing Tarantino movies, too, is just that there's, um, you know, he obviously one of his biggest things is doing kind of homages and 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 very kind of obvious references to other movies and and things. And and the music that he uses, you can, you know, pull pull from that and stuff. So, yeah, I'm sure he's a I'm I'm jealous that you guys grabbed that one up. That's a (laughs) there's certainly lots to dig into there. Cool. So, um, yeah, today we're talking about minute 88 of the thing, which begins with, um, child still staring out that, uh, impossibly blue window. And then, um, ends a minute later with, uh, with these guys looking down into the, uh, this mysterious tunnel that they've just discovered in, uh, in Blair, uh, yeah, in Blair's shack. Yeah. So we get child's kind of, uh, just a, a few seconds of child's kind of looking at that window still. And then, we cut to outside to another one of these uh, wonderful shots. Uh, this is a minute of, of great lighting. So another minute where Dean Cundy will, will come up just about, uh, you know, the the variation of these three shots that we get in a row here where we get Childs looking out that like very deep blue window that's very kind of, you know, you get the sense of just how cold it is outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut to the actual outside, which we've got um, the flares kind of give it this this just eerie kind of purple pink 
uh, cut into the deep blue of those lights that are lighting up the outside of the camp. Um, and then getting into Blair's cabin, you've got a whole nother kind of lighting look where it's very kind of dark and brooding and, and shadowy. Um, and very kind of haunted house. Uh, it's, it looks a lot like the um, the Norwegian camp looks like in the beginning in terms of lighting. Oh, yeah. Um, everything's just kind of frozen and, and dark. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, this is a, a pretty good showcase minute for Dean Cundy and his crew, I think. I love I've always loved the blue lighting outside. I think it's I think it's like one of the best lighting choices you could have made to like kind of like set the mood for like definitely the cold. It, mm-hmm. I mean, I honestly hadn't thought about it until you just said like, oh, you know, the, the blue shows how cold it is. It's like, wow, it's a perfect point. It is how it shows how cold it really is outside. Yeah, it's one of those things where like, you know, I, I, I talk about it with sound all the time where like, you know, just because something in real life you know, wind doesn't make a sound like this in real life most of the time. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's the way wind blows across certain things. And like, and the lighting is the same way here. Like, you know, just because it's cold outside doesn't mean everything's going to have a blue tint to it, but to kind of exaggerate that with, you know, those, uh, uh, their airport runway lights that Cundy decided to use, um, to exaggerate it with that really gives you that visual sense of it being cold, because obviously that's not something you can feel watching a movie is the, the temperature outside, <laughs> but it, through yeah. the sound and the, and the lighting, you really get a sense of just how cold it is. It like puts a magnifying glass over the whole thing just to like really show off and exaggerate what's going on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So they make their way up there and then, um, the the big big reveal is that they get up there and the door is wide open, um, which you know the last time we we went up to Blair's shack um, is when Blair was all better now and uh, you know he was is the uh, is that very kind of weird scene where he's got the noose hanging there but he's su- he's kind of suspiciously uh, calm and like Mr. Cool Dude, which is not very uh, not very Blair. <laughs> um, so you know we we talked a lot about how those minutes. You know, whether whether it's suspicious because he's trying to um, he's trying to play it calm so that they'll let him back in the base and he can make sure that he wrecked up the radio and the vehicles enough so that nobody can escape. Like he's still trying to do the right thing and he's just kind of trying to trick him. Or uh, what I tend to believe is that he at that point he's been taken over and, you know, that's him. You know, he's a perfect imitation, but he's not, you know, you can kind of tell he's not quite the Blair we've we've come to know throughout the movie. And exactly. Yeah, something's wrong. But uh, yeah, so the door is open. So, you know, and they say it was bolted from the outside. And, you know, I wish this is one thing I kind of almost wish as much as I love kind of the mysteries of this movie. I wish they would clarify is whether the door was uh, was tampered with or broken in some way, because uh, you it's interesting to think about whether did somebody let him out or did he, you know, because he's the thing and he's, you know, got super strength or whatever, or, or can, you know, grow big tentacles or whatever you want to say, you know, that he could just break through that door without any problems. Um, but they don't really clarify whether the, the door has been broken or not, or whether somebody just let him out. Um, Almost like cut to a shot of like the lock on the door on the outside and like show if it was um, like tampered with almost yeah. or, like, or like cut to a shot of the hinges on the doors being bent in a certain way that would indicate that he like smashed his way out. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's, that's something I'm not another kind of mystery that I don't know that can be solved is just. You know, I think you can you can definitely say that uh, Blair figured a way out too. I mean, maybe he you know he obviously dug this big tunnel that we're about to get into, but so maybe he dug, maybe there's another tunnel that they're not seeing that that he where he dug his way out of the shack. But then why leave the door open? You know, why come back and open the door and then walk yeah. away? <laughs> or or that you know, I guess the other thing I had kind of thought about was that maybe um, 
maybe at some point while they were dealing with the Palmer thing, um, Blair had, had already turned and gotten out or, or maybe somebody, or while they're dealing with Norris, maybe Paul, like, I, I don't even, I don't know. It's hard to say. It seems like somebody let him out because otherwise I don't know why he would have the door open in the first place. But, um, but I don't know who that would have been and when that would have happened. Exactly. <laughs> I think I was always under the assumption that the tunnel that they go into goes further and he just like tunneled his way out. And maybe he had the, maybe the idea to like undo the lock on the door or like, you know, open the door in some way to lure the guys in. So then Uh. he could do something in the tunnels. I've always been on the assumption that that was the case with the door, but it seems pretty unlikely because, but we don't see the whole tunnel. So, right. Yeah. It's an interesting theory. I like that because we do, we do have precedent for the thing kind of trying to set traps for people. Yeah, um, because obviously it does try and kind of frame McCready with the, his torn underwear and, and it turns the lights on in his, uh, in his in max shack to try and get some people to go out up there so yeah that's not unheard of for it to you know the thing is definitely smart enough to try and pull that kind of trick yeah Um, yeah i never thought about the tunnel being being longer than what we see i always just kind of thought about it the end of it being where we where we see that little ship but that's an interesting idea i like like that like like a pain in the ass though like hey like go out go out go out dig this huge tunnel go outside unlock your door and then go back into the tunnel it's like that doesn't make any sense (laughs) but hey it, it might work Hey, yeah, you know, he's an alien. You might think differently than us. Maybe it's not a pain in the ass to him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who knows? Man, I wish I was an alien. It sounds like such a pain in the ass. I don't even want to go lock my door and it's 10 feet away from me. <laughs> yeah, aliens have much higher motivation than we do. <laughs> Self-motivation. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically they're just uh, they're exploring the shack and trying to figure out what's going on and where, where Blair went. <clears throat> I think it's worth noting that the noose is still there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was thinking of that. It's good continuity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, you know, the noose is always one of those kind of things that, that people always bring up as, as either a funny thing or, or, you know, one of the kind of keys to the mystery of when, when Blair turns and things like that. So I like that it's still there, just something to keep you, keep you thinking about that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so they're, they're trying to figure out what's going on. And they're just kind of looking around. And then as they're walking through, uh, Max steps on some floorboards and, and kind of notices that they're, you know, a little uh, unsteady. That kind of makes them trip a little bit. And um, we, we, get, we get a shot that I don't think I've ever really noticed before, but it's kind of it's not funny, but it does. It reminds me of like more exaggerated versions of this shot where we get all three <laughs> of the guys like looking at each other simultaneously. <laughs> It's like the um, it's like every every bad horror movie has this moment where like you hear a scream in the background or like you know so, something alerts everybody to what's going on and then they all like slowly look up at each other. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think the, I never noticed that till now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's kind of it's a little funny, but yeah, um, the one that keeps coming to mind is um, I think it's Class of Newcom High. <laughs> There's this shot near the end where like. Uh, you know, it takes place at a high school and there's a shot near the end where like, I can't remember exactly what's happening, but like the, the monsters like in full force or something. And, um, then these two security guards that work at the school did this like ridiculously exaggerated version of this where they like turn and look at each other like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's kind of what this reminded me of. <laughs> but yeah, they're all just like, that's weird. <laughs> I feel like they should have like done like a double take, like oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if this was a very different movie, if this was more along the lines of like uh, Big Trouble Little China, <laughs> yeah, we might get something like that. 
Um, I think there would have been like a really exaggerated creak in the floorboard, though. If it was like Big Trouble in Little China, it's like, Neh. right? It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> or they would have just all fallen straight through. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. I'd watch that cut of this movie. Yeah, like, yeah, that's uh, that's Blair's trap right there. He meant for them to just fall right through the floor. <laughs> but like a Goonies trap, so they fall down. There's this huge tunnel. They slide on their backs. So they're screaming all the way down. No, that- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much like the the whole like uh, shoots and ladders style trap where they <laughs> fall and slide for like five minutes down this slide <laughs> exactly five like a five minute cut of them just going down the slide uh, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we really want to break the tension up here <laughs> um yeah so uh so they start pulling out these floorboards and then we get what's actually it's i totally did not intend this when uh when when i you know invited you on for these minutes but this is totally the most tarantino shot of this entire movie of uh of looking out from the tunnel up at them it's it's totally the quintessential tarantino trunk uh car trunk, trunk shot, shot. yep <laughs> uh which i never thought about before but it, it, it works it's perfect <laughs> i mean if you want to take it a step further you could technically say the part where he steps in the floorboards would be a tarantino shot too because showing his feet so you know oh you're up. right but <laughs> yeah and that's but true yeah, definitely the trunk shot yeah, the whole floorboards thing is also very inglorious bastards, you could say. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, so maybe this this minute is uh, maybe Tarantino's personal favorite uh, favorite minute of the thing. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that out there. If uh, if, you if you're listening, Quentin, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear his nasally voice. It's my favorite shot of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to have a. Well, I don't know if I would love to listen to uh, Tarantino do his own movies by minute podcast, dude. But, uh, oh. <laughs> I, th- I think his head might explode trying to, uh, or or the episodes would just be like really, really, really long. <laughs> the microphone wouldn't pick him up because he moves his head so much from side to side. <laughs> yeah, that's also very true. Podcasting like is <laughs> podcasting is not maybe his forte. But yeah, so I, I love that shot. I, I thought that was really. Um, fortuitous to have uh have that come up during your your minutes <laughs> yeah that's that's perfect um yeah so these guys kind of discover this tunnel and then that's that's where this minute ends we don't know what uh what's down there or what the deal is but i think uh you know just leaving it right here you presume that that's that's how blair escaped you know mm-hmm. wh- whether you know why he opened the door or not but it just seems like the tunnel's like oh this is like okay well blair is almost certainly assimilated and he's uh, he's dug this tunnel out and um, yeah, I guess there's, there's more of it tomorrow, but um, yeah, we can definitely get into some more of how he dug this tunnel in the, in the like day or two that he's been, you know, shacked up alone up there. Yeah. perfect. <laughs> but yeah, I think that'll, that'll probably do it for this one. I think that's all I had really written down. Um, do you have any, anything that uh, you wanted to bring up? Um, I just want to say the set design by John Lloyd, we're going to get into more tomorrow, but yes. man, whew, perfect. Yes did such an excellent job of, of kind of setting the scene. And yeah, we did, we talked about it a few weeks ago, how, you know, I, <laughs> I wonder if uh, real people, real scientists who go down to work in Antarctica get, to get down there and they're like, Oh, it, it doesn't look just like outpost 31. Like I, <laughs> I was a hundred percent convinced that that's what a, what a, an Antarctic base looks like because it's just the set dressing and, and, you know, the whole look and feel of everything. And it's got just the right amount of like the dusting of ice and snow everywhere too. Like, um yeah it's, it's he does a phenomenal job in this movie on on all fronts for sure a few years ago i was like i was very close to applying to a job in antarctica as a bartender down there wow no kidding I, I looked on the website and i was like oh wow they're looking for bartenders and i was like in antarctica all right and i was like man that's that might be like really cool because you know of the thing but then i was like you know what 
I don't think I want to go down to Antarctica <laughs> and work down there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm good. <laughs> it takes a a special kind of person. I think if if all these characters tell us anything, it uh you know it takes a very kind of weird isolated person to uh to want to make this uh make that move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, I, I'm hoping. Uh, I was hoping to have somebody who uh, who maybe had been to Antarctica on the show at some point to give us a little insight. <laughs> but yeah, I think that uh, that crowd is few and far between. Yeah, I, I think I'm probably the exact opposite of Antarctica. So <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. So uh, yeah, John Lloyd definitely gives us a real sense of uh, of what I can imagine it might actually be like. You know, whether whether it's real deal or not, who knows? Eerily but. still, and yeah, the, the the dusting of the ice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's uh, we're, we're very lucky that um, that John Lloyd uh, got involved with the movie. There was, um, you know, there were some other. He was not the first person they interviewed. I'm, I'm trying to remember the name. They they had wanted somebody who, um, like uh, Albert Whitlock, who did all the the um, matte paintings, and it was somebody who was uh, a Hitchcock regular. I think they had wanted one of Hitchcock's production designers to be uh, work on this movie, and you know, they were Carpenter and and the the producers were all huge fans, but they. Uh, they were worried that he wanted to do everything on a set. Like he was a hundred percent ready to just build it all from scratch. And they were like, uh, you know, that's cool. But, um, then John Lloyd came into his interview and he's like, so you guys ready to, you know, fly out to Alaska or where, you know, wherever we plan to shoot it. Like we're definitely doing this all outside in the snow. Right. <laughs> and they were like, okay, yeah, he's, he's the one to do it. Cause he's obviously a little bit more into kind of the, the realism thing. So I didn't know that. That's really interesting. Yeah. It's kind of, it definitely, um, it, it tells, you know, it explains a little bit about why this movie looks the way it does for sure. Because, you know, it's interesting that, you know, it's, it's very hard to tell, but about half the movie is shot on actually on a set in LA and half of it's shot on location in British Columbia. And, um, you know, I think that's a, a testament to John Lloyd that, uh, those two things blend together absolutely perfectly. Like I would have never guessed that if I didn't know that little piece of trivia. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I, I totally agree about uh, about John Lloyd for these, and, and he plays a big role in, in these scenes for sure, build, building out the shack and the the way that the floorboards kind of fit in there and everything. So, yeah, that's all I had though. Cool. Yes, yeah, so I think that'll wrap up uh, minute eighty eight. But um, just wanted to remind listeners that you can always find us and uh, subscribe to us in iTunes if you haven't already, and uh, we're on other podcasting platforms as well. So you know, choose whatever you'd like to use. But uh, we do always like to bring up iTunes in particular because uh, if people could rate and review us in iTunes, that makes a huge difference. That's kind of the main podcasting platform, and that's a um, a great way for people who love the thing and who haven't heard of the podcast to find us. So uh, if you haven't already, um. Uh, rate and review the show in iTunes and we would greatly appreciate that. But um, more importantly, don't forget to come back tomorrow for another episode of the thing minute. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to the thing There you'll find the show notes with links to anything we talked about on this episode and lots of other resources on the thing. You can also find us on Twitter at the thing minute and on Facebook at facebook.com slash the thing minute. But most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. Check out other podcasts like this at moviesbyminutes.com, and be sure to head over to starwarsminute.com to listen to the team that started it all. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Harper, signing out. Harper, signing out.